From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow, and we're going to do some money in politics. We've got Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist. We've got Steve Moore, Freedom Works, and Committee to Unleash Prosperity, same stations. Uh, welcome, kids. So I got a text message from my dear friend Sandra Smith, who was a fabulous Fox uh, News host. And Axios is running a story called The Biden Bounce. Yeah, All I right. saw that. And <laughs> There's three. I tweeted about it. I can't believe oh, this. That's all right. so funny. This is great. It's a small. It's a very small world, Liz. Only about 40, <laughs> 40 or fifty people matter in the world. Anyway, uh, three items. Uh, don't underestimate. The point is, don't underestimate Joe Biden's reelection chances. The three items are sinking inflation, record stocks, and a big rebound in consumer confidence, consumer sentiment. All right. So, Liz Peake, let's start with you since you were on this story on the on the, on the Twitter machine. Um, I mean, they make a point. There's a lot of good news there uh, if you're in the Biden camp. Yeah, no question. I, I just thought it was funny because I immediately went and saw if any of this had had any impact on Joe Biden's approval ratings, and the answer is no, it hasn't. <laughs> oh. So where's the bounce? I mean, me and – all right. So on the stock market, uh, you know, yeah, admittedly, the stock market has gone up, oddly enough. And, and sort of ironically, Joe Biden has always dismissed the stock market mm-hmm. uh, as any kind of register of anything important, completely ignoring the fact that most Americans, a majority of Americans own stocks. So naturally, that leads to better consumer sentiment. But even Axios had to admit in that article that consumer sentiment is not back to where it was under President Trump. And if you look at those numbers, it's pretty stunning that never has Joe Biden been able to summon up the kind of uh, consumer sentiment or positivity that Trump did from day one. So, And that's kind of interesting because, after all, uh, Trump's presidency obviously went through some pretty dire times. So, uh, yes, uh, there, there have been some good news items that undoubtedly will help uh, Biden in the months ahead. The question is, are they enduring? Is this something that's going to really uh, redound to his benefit? We'll see. You know, that's an interesting, very good point, uh, Liz. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the chart that the Axios shows. So it has bounced up to 78.8 on their index, but it was around 100 uh, going back, it looks like around the year 2000. But it has it hits a hundred again in the Trump years. Yep. It look, it looks like. Sorry, what, what index are you talking about? This is the University of Michigan index of consumer, oh, consumer sentiment. sentiment. Okay, got it. And it, it's it's really bouncing. It's right at a hundred during the Trump years. Okay, so it bounces back from the financial meltdown. So Liz makes a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked uh, Steve. I want you to weigh in, but let, one more point. Um, John Carney of Breitbart, very uh, clever chap. And I asked him about this, and this is before I saw the Axios article or before Sandra uh, uh, texted me, but he's, he made an interesting point. He said one reason consumer confidence is doing so well is a whole bunch of Republicans believe Trump's going to win. Yeah, right. right? They, so they have more enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. 
now, Trump himself has said the stock market's doing well because he's going to win. Yeah. It's a little, it's, a, it's yeah. kind of a long lead on that one. But the <laughs> consumer sentiment, I mean, but and then, but then again, maybe Democrats think Biden's going to win. I don't know. Anyway, what do you make of this, Steve? The Biden bounce. Yeah. So a few things. I mean, the economy is clearly doing a lot, lot better than it was a year and a half ago. No question about it. Inflation's down a lot. And the stock market is, you know, in a bull market. That's a good thing. Although it's not, you know, if you adjust for inflation, as Art Laffer always taught us, you have to you have to adjust the stock returns for inflation. Mm. It's pretty flat, really, uh, from when he came into office. Mm. Um, so here's the thing that I think the big story here is that. um Two things really have happened since the beginning of the year. It's much, much more likely that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, and it's much, much more likely that Biden is going to be the nominee. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Republican, that's a good thing. As, as I wrote in the hotline this week, Biden is the second worst candidate they could possibly run. The only worst candidate would be Kamala Harris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so for, it's it's good. It's good news for Republicans. Like if you had asked me to we talked about this a few months ago on the, on on this show and I, I thought it was very likely I would have put the odds at 80 percent that they were going to drop, uh, you know, uh, throw uh, Biden off the side of the train. Now, I think they're tethered to him and he's a horrible candidate. I mean, like, let me put it like this. Is there anyone in America? Truly, is there anybody in America who really wants Joe Biden to be president for four more years? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know anybody who besides does. Mrs. No, they, besides Mrs. Biden. <laughs> she's the most important. Oh, yeah. So Hunter, the, right. So, look, if the economy is better and, and if it continues like this, it will be tough for Trump to win. But um, they're stuck with this guy now, although they could still uh, drop him over the uh, side of the bus. But I think it's looking less likely. And I, look, I think there's a Trump Biden rematch. I, I like Trump. One other quick thing, if I may, I, his speech on Monday Larry was terrific, mm -hmm. terrific yes. speech. Yes. It was magnanimous. Yes. He, he wasn't name calling. He said nice things about Ron DeSantis. He said nice things about Nikki Haley uh, at, at one point. <laughs> then he said something mean about her. But, you know, I, I love that uh, Trump. You know, there's always there's a good Trump and a bad Trump. And when the tr Trump is good, he's really good. And he was optimistic. He wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, oh, talking mm -hmm. about 2020 election. People are sick of talking about that. He was talking about a better America. So. I think he's got his game face on, and, and I think the events of the last few weeks have probably been a positive for Trump and the Republicans. Listen, I've said basically for the past year that Trump has done so well in the polls and now the votes uh, because he's running on issues. Yes. He's running on issues as he did in 2016. He's not running on grievances. Right. And he has taken the advice— Steve, of all of us, including yourself yeah. and, you know, Brookie Rollins and a whole lot right. of people stay on the issues. You got a big advantage. Uh, and I just say one thing, his speech writers wrote a great speech for yes. him and it was excellent. And that's, those guys are fantastic. That's uh, Vince Haley and yeah, uh, Russ. Uh, what's his Russ's last yeah. name? By the way, both those guys were Gingrich speech writers. So fascinating. I know. Huh. Interesting. L Liz, one other point I want to make uh, on the Trump comeback and, and his uh, good speeches. Um, Talking about unity in the Republican yeah. Party, which is a good thing, but he also in New Hampshire, and he did this on Sean Hannity's show the other night. He's talking about unity for the entire country. Yeah, you know? and I that is that a wonderful actually, theme, a wonderful yeah, for the whole theme. country. 
don't don't forget, Larry. That's what Joe Biden ran yes, on. Yes, yes. Right? And yes. and he, the reason he did is I don't think there's American alive who doesn't think our country is really harmfully polarized, and that's not healthy for our country. Mm-hmm. And it would be great to have some unifying theme. I, I think a number of things have happened in the past few days that are notable about Donald Trump. First of all, the New York Times put out what was it, 1,300 words warning people how what a danger Donald right. Trump was. And as you right. read it and then read sort of subsequent mini-me establishment media pieces of the same ilk, one of the things they're really worried about, which really tickles me, is that he's so better prepared this time. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people <laughs> – right. and remember how aghast everyone was that he wasn't prepared mm-hmm. the last time. So now one of the big knocks against him, according to the Financial Times, The Economist, et cetera, is because he's getting his ducks in a row. And by the way, that showed up also in his campaign. So it's, I mean, I, I gather his campaign was much more organized, much better uh, sort of scoped out in Iowa, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, the whole effort, the campaign and the preparation for a victory, in possible victory in November, is much better uh, organized. And I think people should be cheered by that. This is a professional now mm. who's getting his ducks in a row. And, uh, and you know, the Heritage well, Foundation and others are helping. He's got, with... uh, he's got Susie Wiles, She's great. Who, who was a DeSantis person, uh, ironically enough, mm-hmm. until he kicked her out. And the other one, Steve, uh, Las Civitas, I don't remember his name. Anyway, he has the best ground game now that he he's yeah. ever had. And he's got great speechwriters, and he's on the issues. Uh, and I just want to say one other point. This idea that success – I, I paraphrase by saying success is the best revenge. You don't have to have retribution. Right. He said, I'm too busy to succeed. So that his policies can restore the prosperity and the border and the foreign policy. Success is a unifying thing. You know, Liz, did you see the – you were mentioning the Times, the Brett Stevens? Yeah. Phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal piece, phenomenal I, piece. I, I thought it was terrific, and it made – no matter what Brett says to sort of excuse him running it, the truth is it made a great case for Donald yes. Trump. And I think yes. I think that's why the Times felt compelled to write <laughs> this huge rebuttal on, by their editors. Because remember, all those young, woke people working at the New York Times – when Tom Cotton ran an article, wrote wrote an article, and they published it, they all threatened to walk out. I mean, mm-hmm. it was bloodbath at the New York Times, and their editor actually had to resign. So I think the <laughs> Times editorial board looked at Brett Stevens' piece, and there was another one also vaguely positive on Trump and said, oh, boy, we're going to have trouble, so we're going to put out this College rebuttal. kids. College-educated kids might be for Trump. That was another Times piece. (laughs) I love that, that the Times is more for Trump than the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) By the way, you have to to add to this then, um, you know, the the great, uh, you know, segment uh, with Jamie Dimon, where, you know, Jamie Dimon is not a Trump fan, but he said, hey, you know, you got to admit, he's been right about immigration. He was right on taxes. He was right on the building the wall. Jamie puts his finger to the wind. You know, I love he does. But 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 actually, you know, uh, back to Brett Stevens, as you know, I worked with Brett. Yeah. Six or seven years at the Wall Street. And I know. I know. Brett. Yeah. And and and. Brett, people have to know, Brett despises Trump. He yeah. despises Trump. Yeah. And yet what he was saying was just simple truths yes. in that p- column. Yeah. He was just saying, hey, you know, 
wake up America. 85 million Americans love Trump. So something's going on. When is the, when is our dear friend and I love him to death. Paul Jago at the journal going <laughs> to no, start writing. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, the journal, the journal has They're just become on. the biggest anti-Trump nag I've ever seen. They are. They, Every they little, are. I mean, and by the by, inaccurate stuff, unfair yeah. stuff. Uh, well, let me give you an example. Larry, gee whiz, you, Steve. You know, uh, yeah. you no, and I, I, you worked I there know. for years. I, I was on the editorial page for years. I, and we I love know. Paul Jago. We love I him. Know. I mean, he's a wonderful human being. What is up with this? It's like it's <laughs> well, enough just, already. Yeah, he just he just really doesn't like Trump. But I but like they have a column today, uh, editorial, which mm. I thought was just wrong. You yes. know, and I talked to Paul once a week, and yes. he was like, "Oh, what Trump saying? You know, we shouldn't we shouldn't cut Social Security." No. Well, come on, that's cra- it's, yeah. it's ridiculous for Republicans to talk about cutting Social Security just as a political matter. That's mm. that's falling right into the Democratic trap. Yeah. And so uh, I think he's being, uh, you know, blamed for th- I think he's running a smart campaign right yes. now. It's smart. Yes, he is smart. All right. Let's take a break. I want to come back to the Social Security issue and all the rest of that stuff. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, we're talking to Liz Peak, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, Steve Moore, FreedomWorks Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, which is one of the just absolute best political economic uh, dailies you can get. And Steve's WABC radio host. It's called More Money. After this show, on most of these same stations, I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow on 77 WABC. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome back, folks. We're talking money and politics with Liz Peake, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore of FreedomWorks and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and uh, most importantly, WABC radio host for his show, More Money, which comes on on this uh, on most of these same stations right after our show. All right, both of you are going to disagree with me probably <laughs> vehemently and violently okay. on what I'm about to say, but it's going to be fun. Uh, I notice uh, in one of these budget deals, they've created a fiscal commission, and um, everyone's touting it. I, I see it. I get all the emails from uh, Jody Arrington and others. He's the budget chief for the House. And I just want to say, and I want to have this discussion, I'd, I am opposed to a fiscal commission because it's a gigantic tax hike trap. It's going to be just like Simpson Bowles. They say it's bipartisan, but it's not. It's going to move to the left, and they're going to go for tax hikes, and it's a terrible idea, particularly in the current political situation. I do favor – now here's my out – my exit ramp. I do favor a social security commission, which is what Ronald Reagan did when I was a young toddler and worked for him 40-something years ago, which was bipartisan and came out with a very good product. But it was limited to social security. Greenspan ran it. Uh, they had Pat Moynihan and Lane Kirkland and all these people. But I'm going to tell you, Steve, a fiscal commission is a license to raise taxes you wait and see 
So you you got it half right, Larry. Half right. Not bad. So <laughs> not bad. Uh, you you are you are right about a fiscal commission. We should just call it the tax increase commission. Yes. Oh, uh, good. You it, buy it, it right? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. That's a terrible idea. Every time we've had these, you know, fiscal commissions, they always re- recommend tax increases. By the way, the most important thing to bring the debt and deficit down, by far, the m- most overriding factor is getting the economic growth rate yes. up. And you're not you're yes. not going to get the economic growth rate up by by raising taxes. Yes. So you're a hundred percent on that, right on that. And you're a hundred percent wrong about what happened in 1983 with Reagan. That was a terrible deal. You know, Larry, what we did in 1983 was raise the the payroll tax, which was a terrible thing to do. It actually reduced growth. They actually, I don't, I don't, I don't want to look. The solution to Social Security is very simple. It has to be converted into a 401k type of plan where people, young people are putting their money into a private account and let them become investors in America. Well, so, I agree. You know I agree with that. I know you, you do. Know I okay, so so but, I mostly agree with you, but, but I, the, I didn't like what we did. The Greenspan Commission, uh, I thought, by the way, the only payroll tax, wasn't that the one where they – had state and local workers. Oh, they did that. Yes, you're, yes, you're right. That really right. wasn't. It really, okay, all right. I mean, we had eight percent. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to go back and look at the details of that one. It was pretty good, but look at the deal lasted fifty years. I mean, it's still going. So we should look at the details. But I'm just saying. Liz, a, can I just say one quick thing? The so, the, the journal had a terrible editorial today on yeah. this that Republicans yeah. should be talking about cutting Social Security benefits. Oh, I mean, no, my God, no, terrible, no, no, terrible. No, no, no. Next thing they're going to endorse Biden. You'll see that's coming. <laughs> but oh, Liz, Liz I, 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 you may not agree with me, but I'm I'm telling you, I I I love the Simpson Bowles Commission. I mean, the first meeting in the first 10 minutes, they were raising taxes. And in those days, I was a CNBC host. I had both Al Simpson on the show. I had Erskine Bowles. I like Erskine Bowles very much. He was a conservative Democrat from Mm -hmm. North Carolina. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't even get past pouring the coffee at the first meeting (laughs) before they started hiking taxes. And that's where these things always go. I I thought the Simpson Bowles suggestions, with all due respect, were actually pretty good and pretty reasonable. (laughs) I I knew it. I knew it. And they were totally ignored by Barack Obama, uh, who didn't even have the courtesy to be there when they unveiled it, never talked to them about it. I mean, I've talked to Alan Simpson in the afterwards. I mean, he was just furious. And I don't blame him. They put a lot of time and effort into that. As to the Social Security fix, I am a total convert to your idea, Steve, I think, of private accounts and letting the stock market basically help people retire. What they will do, Larry, I think if they focus entirely on Social Security, the conversation will be all about limiting benefits, uh, you know, raising the retirement age. Yes, I think Nikki Haley's right about that for young people. But otherwise, it's going to be increasing the amount of money that people over. So it'll be income adjusted and yada, yada. Yes. I mean, there, there will be no accommodation to the fact that, yes, our country, our economy is reflected in the growth of stocks. And over time, that is what will bail everything out. By the way, that it wasn't Steve's sort of idea. Line. It was my idea. <laughs> okay. Actually, it was right. to be. Uh, hey, let me I just clarify this: as it was actually Steve Forbes' idea. He ran yes. for president on yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. Was, you're right. Steve Forbes got there first, of course, by the media. Larry, I want to just give a shout out to Steve's uh, committee on, on to unleash Pro- prosperity on this 
issue of elites versus other people oh, and their you. attitudes. Yeah. I think it was riveting, the polling that they did. I think Kim Strasselrant wrote a great piece about that. It explains so much. And it I does. think when you look at Davos, it's an interesting thing to notice. One, American businessmen were perfectly okay with a Trump reelection. That was the feedback from CNBC, The Economist, everybody who wow. was there said international business people weren't so happy about this, but Americans were okay. Wow. Why would that be? Crushed because Davos. America first. Crushed, Trump puts America first, and Davos. it helped our country. <laughs> oh, God. End Davos. End Davos. Well, it's almost <laughs> as bad as it ran. All right, we got to go. Liz Peek and Steve Moore, fabulous. Folks, stick around for Steve Moore's More Money coming up on almost all these same stations. I'm Larry Cutlock. We'll be back next weekend.